0: This is a Tech Briefs Media Group Podcast. Hello and welcome to another Who's Who at NASA podcast. In outdoor locations, firefighters and emergency responders can use GPS technology to track one another. Indoor environments like high-rises and steel-reinforced structures, however, frequently block radio signals. With the development of pointer or precision outdoor and indoor navigation and tracking for emergency responders, Darmindra Arumugam, senior research technologist at Jet Propulsion Laboratory, has addressed the sensing challenge and provided a potentially game-changing tool for search and rescue teams. To set the stage and provide some context here, can you first explain the challenge that firefighters have? Uh, regarding indoors and, and the tracking of firefighters inside buildings?
1: So um, uh, what I've been uh, told by a number of people, including folks at the Department of Homeland Security, that uh, the problem the firefighters have is the ability to uh, know where they are in the building, typically in buildings that can be underground facilities or just high-rises or just in inside reinforced buildings, um, the ability to know where firefighters are uh, relates directly to the capacity for um, um, their teams to rescue them in the event that they are either lost or um, uh, there's a wall, perhaps, that's fallen on them or some other type of disaster. Um, because a job is essentially a, a day-to-day a very hazardous environment. The loss of lives is is, is is almost a common occurrence in most of their daily activities, um, and a lot of the techniques and technologies that they've tried to develop uh, over the years uh, essentially have enabled them to communicate better. Um, but the problem remains that they are not very ki- there's no really technology that's available that can enable them to to do position sensing or locate each other. So uh, one of the most critical problems that they have, and this has been conveyed to me, that the technologies that uh, exist today that to permit them to locate each other is very limited. And their operations are mostly outdoor type of uh, capabilities, but they don't uh, work indoors. And the reason for that is very simple. Uh, most of these techniques are either based on uh, camera-based systems that can only work uh, until there's an obstacle. A camera-based system can never see beyond the obstacle or beyond a wall. So locating based on camera systems are very limited, the line of sight. And then the other, there's a whole batch of other systems that are based off uh, global positioning systems such as GPS. And those techniques kind of have uh, very limited outdoor use as well because of the way the electromagnetic waves that are used are essentially also limited to uh, significantly to line-of-sight type of communication. So they work outdoor in, 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 in uh, outdoor type of environments, but not when the firefighter carrying the devices are going into a building or underground facility or inside a house or similar. So the problems that they, they face essentially on a day-to-day basis is that they don't have technology or devices that can permit them to uh, either both locate themselves on a map uh, or have or one of their supervisors or, uh, or lead know where they are. And so there's a large, you can think of a large group of people that uh, firefighters are walking into a, 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 a building where there is a fire and other types of uh, hazards, and they just don't know uh, both how to navigate themselves out sometimes because the building could be Um, on fire, and there could be a lot of smoke, and that's a common occurrence. And number two, uh, they don't have the ability to, well, first ask for help, and if they could ask for help, uh, the help doesn't know where to go to rescue them. And because they have a very short time span of, in in most cases, uh, seconds to minutes, uh, where uh, uh, a, a rescue could mean saving a life, it means that they, they need technology that can enable very precise position sensing in this difficult environment. Um, and uh, to be able to do that with a very uh, quick response time, essentially. So they need techniques that can give what we call very low latency uh, position sensing. means very high update rate uh, position sensing, which is also very accurate in a three-dimensional space. In addition to that, in addition to just positioning in this ch- very challenging environment where there are no uh, technologies that, are, that can address it, they also want to have uh, orientation sensing. And the reason for that is because the ability to monitor attitude of the person's body, so the ability to monitor whether the person is underground crawling slowly but not uh, uh, immobilized, for example, makes it... Uh, a a very critical uh, tool for them as well, because sometimes a firefighter may be on the ground crawling slowly, uh, but he's not uh, immobilized, he's still mobile, um, and he's still uh, um, able to navigate himself. And so uh, being able to detect the attitude of the person, including motion, and in addition to just position sensing, is something that's very critical.
0: What is unique right. about the pointer technology that allows these kinds of this kind of detection?
1: So what pointer does is we notice that uh, one of the only ways to get information from inside the building is to use electromagnetic fields or waves, um, because uh, camera-based system will not be able to, or vision-based or optics-based will not be able to penetrate through layers of walls, etc. But We also noticed that uh, electromagnetic waves, which uh, are used for communications today and also for radars and a lot of other techniques, including GPS and ultra-wideband systems like ultra-wideband radars, are limited because the electromagnetic wave has both combined electric and magnetic uh, uh, field propagations that would reflect off walls. So the, the story with electromagnetic waves is that they carry energy with them. And because they carry energy in the form of electric and magnetic fields, they can propagate out for long distances and can be used very accurately for, um, uh, for remote sensing or similar. But the disadvantage is that because they carry energy, they also reflect that energy off the walls. And that's why they are limited in terms of uh, penetration and use inside things like steel reinforced buildings. So that pointer does it it exploits the fact that there is a region called the quasi-static region of the electromagnetic wave where the electric and magnetic fields can actually be decoupled into either an electric mode only or a magnetic mode only. And the purpose of doing that is that when you are able to decouple that into an electric mode only or a magnetic mode only, the wave phenomena disappears from the electromagnetic wave. And what you end up having it's either just a static magnetic field that is slowly varying in time, or a static electric field that is slowly varying in time. And so we call these quasi-stationary fields because the Maxwell's equations in this regime is weakly coupled. And so the value of doing, operating in this regime is that the, when the magnetic and electric fields are totally decoupled, um, there's no energy transport over over distances. And so what happens is that the wave penetrates through structures very easily. So, Pointer uses uh, the magnetic component of this field so that we can penetrate through the building very easily and enable positional orientation sensing. So, the reason, in addition to using quasi-static fields where we have decoupled the electric and magnetic components, Pointer uses the magnetic component of this of this field because most things in nature are non-magnetic most things in nature react very well to waves and will scatter waves very well because they have both combined electric and magnetic fields and they propagate energy. In a quasi-static regime, they don't propagate energy, but the electric component of the field, uh, assuming you would excite electric mode only, would still be perturbed because most of us uh, humans and things around us like buildings are dielectric, so they will perturb our electric field. But using the magnetic component only, uh, results in very accurate position sensing uh, because most things in nature are non-magnetic and uh, because operating in the quasi-static magnetic regime would mean the spheres would then penetrate through buildings and walls very easily. So pointer is a te- technique and system that is developed based on like what's known as magneto-quasi-static positioning, which uh, JPL has been working on over the last three to five years.
0: And so, what does this system look like? What makes up the technology?
1: So, um, over the years, we've realized that uh, there are some means of efficiently generating magneto static fields uh, and effic- efficiently detecting them. So, the b- bottom line is that in order to generate these fields and detect these fields, you need to use very small coils. Uh, we call them a coil antenna, but they're essentially just, uh, you can think of them as a coil of wires that are properly matched to some kind of electronics, and what the purpose of electronics is to generate a current in this coil in such a way with certain up the waveforms so that it creates a magneto-quality like static field in the air, uh, and then that's the generation side, and on the receiving side, is, is, is in some instances very similar, you use coils to uh, sense the field, and then some specialized uh, electronics matched to that coil in order to receive that uh, those wave waveforms that were generated in the field, um, uh, it, it, sorry, waveforms that were generated in the uh, generation circuit that could be a mobile device far away, uh, then to sense that in the receive circuit that could be outside the building or similar, and then uh, inverting that based on some algorithm. So the systems here are essentially coils coupled to uh, some kind of circuit. Um, and that's true for both the mobile device and as well as the um, detector that is sitting outside the building or similar. And
0: where is the firefighter carrying the, the device?
1: Um, so in most instances, while this is working progress, in most instances, the firefighter is typically expected to carry this on a belt buckle or similar. So this is a device that will eventually be the size of a cell phone. Um, it would have uh, coils built into it and it will have some electronics and a battery pack as well. So you can think about a, a cell phone or cell phone like device that is being carried most likely in a belt buckle. Um, although today, uh, what we've done is proof of concept to show that the technique, theory, uh, physics, and electronics can actually accomplish this type of position and orientation sensing requirement and need. And so these. Systems today are backpack size systems, which are uh, on the order of about 4 inches by 4 inches by 9 inches. So shoebox size in terms of electronics and coils, etc. And Pointer, over the next two years, uh, has a mandate to reduce the size of these devices to a cell phone-like device to, in order for first responders and firefighters to uh, mount onto a belt buckle the
0: now, I read that you've been doing demonstrations of this. Can you talk about your most recent demonstrations, uh, who the demonstrations were for, and and what you did? Uh, yeah, so
1: we have a number of demonstrations that we've done over the last uh, year as we've slowly matured our technology and systems. The most recent demonstration that we did was to the Undersecretary of Homeland Security and his team of advisors in Washington, D.C., um, these experiments were, were done in a very large, um, uh, steel reinforced uh, relatively modern office building um, in Washington, D.C. And the experiments are very simple. We place receivers uh, outside close to the window, um, and we have um, a device that is mounted, as I said before, on a backpack that a person carries and walks around. And it walks around multiple floors of the building. Including through the stairwells and an elevator columns. And then also just on each floor, walking through, uh, and, uh, throughout the floor plan, with, in addition to that, uh, doing tilts and rotations of the body so that we can sense the attitude as well. So, this was a live demonstration to, to the Undersecretary uh, of Science and Technology, as well as his team of advisors. Um, and it was very successful. But we've done those kinds of demonstrations a number of times to other types of audiences before that, which includes leaders from the first responder groups around the, from around the country and other types of uh, key influential uh, organizations. So this, these sets of demonstrations, including the the work of the Undersecretary last, the most recent one to the Undersecretary, are part of our efforts to to understand how the technology needs to be uh, further adapted to, for these applications. We feel that the technology itself addresses a much larger need in society for, for devices that can enable uh, accurate position and orientation sensing in the world of tomorrow where we have more and more mobile devices that need to be tracked in an indoor environment or underground environment. But specifically the first responder uh, need is very critical at this point and they have their own needs and own type of methods by which they would like to apply the technology that we are developing. So these demonstrations are, are very purposefully intended to understand their needs so that we can develop the technology to that application.
0: Right, you mentioned it too. How, how else can this device or this kind of technology be used beyond firefighting?
1: So there's at the moment there are a lot of uh, uh, other you know, Immediate applications where folks are very interested in understanding how technology can be applied there. Those include uh, law enforcement. It's probably one of the most pressing uh, uh, areas where we will explore next. Uh, So law enforcement has similar types of uh, issues than what first responders have. They uh, have teams that go into buildings and they need to be uh, uh, located, tracked, for rescue purposes, or for planning purposes, uh, for mission planning purposes, and those uh, folks uh, can potentially leverage on, or if not, use similar types of uh, uh, implementations of the technology. Uh, and then, on on you know more long-term use, there there is other applications that include military use as well as commercial use. And military uses, I wouldn't go into too much depth, but you can think about. Uh, teams that need to use uh, accurate position information in order to both plan and execute. And in the commercial space, um, just about everyone with a mobile device would uh, would uh, gain tremendous application in the future from the ability to do very accurate 3D position and orientation sensing inside buildings. Uh, corporations like Google or et cetera have been working on these type of things, but today, as you know, uh, tracking capabilities in cellular devices or any mobile devices are very limited to building level Um, and so uh, this would enable us to do centimetric type of position tracking inside the building or underground or in other types of environments in addition to the orientation tracking. And so it would open up a large number of different types of commercial applications that perhaps we are not even thinking about at the moment.
0: What was your role in the uh, development of the technology? And also, could you tell me your, your, I guess, your job title and your position? Yeah, sure.
1: So I'm a senior research technologist at JPL. Um, I'm in the radar section here at JPL. Uh, I'm also a program manager at JPL for the uh, Applied Physics, Research, and Technology Office. where I lead these types of uh, technology efforts. From the start, we conceived the ideas based on physics, and we tried to, uh, in a way, find sources of of, of funding to develop the techniques. And, and Pointer is an example of one that is slowly maturing. Essentially, an idea that stems from basic physics that is slowly maturing into systems. Um, my role in Pointer was as a principal investigator, so it was some. Well, all the early publications were, were mine. And so it's an idea that we've been slowly developing uh, over the last, as I said, about four years, four or five years. Uh, So yeah, I've been leading Pointer first as the principal investigator and now as the principal investigator and also the technical lead.
0: And finally, what's next for the the technology? What are you you working on?
1: Um, So as I said, the most immediate uh, over the next two years is miniaturizing the device specifically for first responder use. We want to be able to uh, in here, the next two years to be able to show that we can actually have an impact in that community and also to be able to save some lives in the process. Um, so we, our, our goal is for the next two years to have uh, cell phone-like devices that can be used in real time uh, that, and that hopefully will be used in real time to enable uh, uh, first responders to start learning how to incorporate this. Uh, technology into their uh, daily use. So that's our immediate goal. And then uh, long term beyond that is to address some of the other nation's needs, which includes how uh, can law enforcement, uh, military, and also the commercial space benefits from the technology.